Today, uh, we're speaking on waiting patiently for your promise. Waiting patiently for your promise. And so by this thing, you, you will assume that you have a promise. Any human being that is born on the planet was born for a specific assignment. There is something you have. And that is why God allowed you to be born. Or better still, you have a contribution to make. And that is why you were born. You have some things to do for God. You have some things to do for yourself. And you have some things to do for the family you come from. In Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 9 to 15, we know the story. Please can you move this picture out and put the theme there for me. In Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 9 to 15, the Bible says, Beloved, but beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. So there are better things that come when you give your life to Christ. There are better things. Salvation comes with a package. When you give your life to Christ, it comes with a certain package. And those packages must be downloaded by you or appropriated by you. And the Bible says, for God is not unjust. And this scripture is for everybody who does something for God. For God is not unjust. Not unjust. So not, not. To forget your work and your labor of love, which you have turned toward his name. In that, you have ministered to the saints. In other words, everything you do for God, God remembers and God rewards. And he says, for we desire that each one of you should show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Verse 12. That you should not become lazy, but you should imitate the word imitate them. I mean, copy those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So you should copy those who through faith and patience got their promises. So for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could not swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Now we are coming home to why I'm, I quoted this scripture. He swore by himself, saying, Surely blessings I'll bless you. Multiply, I'll multiply you. And so let's read the last verse, the, the B part of verse together. Ready, go. And so, after Abraham had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Can we do that again? And so, after patiently endured, he obtained the promise. So, after Abraham had patiently endured after he had patiently waited or after paying the price of the promise the promise was delivered in Luke chapter 3 verse 23 look at another scripture and you can also write down Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 and then Job 14 14 now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age being the son of Joseph and the son of Hel Heli. So, after 30 years of ministry, so the question is, what was Jesus doing from age 1 to age 30? So, from age 1 to age 30, we can safely say the father was preparing him for the promise. So, for 30 years, Jesus was prepared for three years of ministry. No wonder we are products of that ministry. So, it took Jesus 30 solid years to prepare for a three years ministry. 
Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. So get the scriptures, and when you go home, you can go over them, so God can open your eyes. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. So the vision, you can write there, the dream or the praise you are praying, for an appointed time, but at the end, it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, though it delays, though it doesn't come on time, Wait for it. It didn't say shortcut your way. It said wait for it. Because it will surely come and will not tarry. The second tarry means it will not be denied. So the vision is for an appointed time. The prayers you are praying is for an appointed time. It may delay. There may be several reasons why it may delay. But God is encouraging us that even if it delays, wait for it. Your dream may delay. But it doesn't mean it is denied or cancelled. So it may delay. You may delay in building. You may delay in the traveling. But God says, if it's a dream, wait for it. And that's why we are learning what we are learning this morning. Wait for it. Because if you are waiting for it, it will be delivered. It may delay. And then Job chapter 14, verse 14, the last scripture. Job 14, 14. It says, if a man dies, shall he live again? And all the days of my heart service, I will wait. I love the last pass. I will do what? I will wait till what happens? Till my change comes. So I will wait till my change comes because God has promised change and it will come. So we are looking at how you can wait for your promise. A promise can mean several things. For some of us, it's our prophecy. For some of us, it's our dream or your vision. For some of us, it's a specific answer to a specific prayer. For some of us, it's a reward for a certain labor. These are all promises. A reward, you have done a certain work. And a certain reward must come with it because God has promised that there's profit for every labor. And for some of us, it's for a blessing for a specific offering. Yesterday night, I recall this scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 1. I was just asking myself, of all the offering, when I look at the offerings I give per year, Every Sunday, if I don't give at all, it's 500 or 300 minimum. And anywhere I go and preach, they say, if I go and preach anywhere, it's either 500 or 1,000 as an offering. Apart from people that you bless. Apart from fees that you pay. Then God gave me this scripture. Cast your bread upon the waters because you'll find it after many days. <laughs> So when you are giving and giving and giving, it's like you are casting your bread upon the waters. It is that you find it after a few days. After many days. And the many days they mean can mean several days. So casting your bread. So someday the offering you give, the monies you have been given, the papa you are doing, all those ones someday a reward will come for it. And then in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, uh, a, a scripture to top up this very thing. Galatians 6 9. It says, a very important, if you're here this morning, you are down, be strong. And let's, let us not grow weary while doing good. Or don't be tired of doing good. For in due season, the word for them means because in due season, you will reap if you do not lose heart. So don't be tired of coming to church. Don't be tired of uh, being a blessing. Don't be tired of giving offering. Don't be tired of studying. Don't be tired of reading because in due season, there's always a time that God blesses. In due season, if you do not give up, which means that if you give up, you can obliterate your blessing. 
If you do not give up, if you don't get tired and you stop, if you continue to continue, then in due season, what God has promised for those who continue will come to you. So you cannot do business with God until you have learned how to wait and wait patiently. You cannot do business with God. I want to take my time and teach. Very important thing God wants me to teach. You cannot do business with God until you have learned how to wait and wait patiently. You cannot see God or work with him if you are always in a hurry. If you are in a hurry in this life, you cannot do business with God. You cannot build real wealth or lasting legacy if you are in a hurry. In fact, nothing really great happens overnight. Nothing. Show me anybody that has built wealth, anybody that has built an empire, and I'll tell you as somebody who has been going through over and over and over and over and over and over and over to be able to acquire what the person has acquired. So you cannot do God, you cannot see God, you cannot see your promise if you're in a hurry. For somebody puts it this way, he said the meal of God grinds so slowly, yet so perfectly. The meal of God grinds so slowly and yet so perfectly. So if you are in a hurry, you can just walk with God because God does not change. His ways are his ways. His methods are his methods. The world is moving very fast. We are actually in the fast food era or what we call the microwave era. You just press something. Those who were young, you have to gather firewood against the... If it's in the city, it's kerosene. In the villages, you look for abe, abe, abe. How do you call that in English? Eh? Fiber, abe fiber. All right. Thank you for teaching me. Fiber of what? Of nut. Thank you for English callers. You got that one, look for some matches. Then, then you now set fire before you can hit yesterday's soup. But we have come to a place where you can just carry the soup, fetch a little, place it in some machine, and then press for three minutes. You have your food ready. So many think that because the world is moving fast, God is also moving fast. I'm here to suggest to you, even if the world is traveling at 100 kilometers an hour, God is still moving at his pace. Listen, God is not competing with anybody. He has always been God, he remains God. Alright, so the world is moving fast, but God is still God. Is it not amazing that even though the world is moving fast, women still carry pregnancy for nine months? Have you discovered that from the days of Adam to, to our days, a lady gets pregnant and there's no microwave to fast track the pregnancy? The process is a process. You take seed for some time, the seed grows, and then the seed is delivered at nine months. Doctors will give you for some time. If you don't deliver, then they cut you open to take it out. You also realize that even though the world is moving fast, a baby is not born today and tomorrow morning is running 100 meters. The process is the same. A child is born. The child learns how to crawl. This is when I look at some of the children in the church. Uh, Mr. Medical's son, Mr. Mensah's daughter. You see how they started crawling. Now you bring them to my office. They start spoiling things. <laughs> All right, this process is still the same. Even though the world is moving fast, God has not changed. I want you to know God has not changed. God does not easily bless. It takes time for God to bless. It takes a while for God to make a man. So if you don't know how he does his things, then you cannot do businesses with him. And so this morning, we are looking at how we'll be able to work with God in a world that is moving fast, very fast. 
So you must learn how to wait for God's coming and how to wait for God's visitation. In fact, James gave us a nice scripture in James chapter 5 verse 7. He said, look at how the farmer waits for the rain after he has planted his seed. Please give me James 5 7. I hope I got it right. James chapter 5. He said, therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. He said, see how the farmer, thank God he said, look at the microwave. He said, look at how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. Now, if you have lived in a rural area, a crash brought many of you. You weed. After weeding, you go and then sow. And then where I come from, we have even where you scarecrows. Is that scarecrows they call them? So we can drive certain beds away from coming for our seed. And after that, we have to patiently wait for the rain to arrive so our seed can germinate. And when the seed germinates, we have a time you have to go and weed around the seed again. We do the weeding around for three times. That's why we're from the rural area. Before it's due for harvest. The Lord says, just as the way you observe the farmer going through this, that is how your life is. For you to see your dream, there's a time the dream is planted, there's a time the dream is watered, there's a time you weed around the dream before the dream comes to maturation. So if you're in a hurry, you are in a hurry as a man, and you are looking at what is happening on the streets, you cannot just walk with God. So waiting for anything is simply difficult. And waiting for anything is simply difficult. Uh, so you need the grace of God if you are waiting. You need the grace of God to wait for a lover. You need the grace of God to get a child. You need the grace of God to prosper. You need strength to continue to hold on. Sometimes you get so tired, you are weak. You just need somebody to just encourage you or encourage yourself. You need wisdom. Sometimes somebody might just advise you and encourage you so you don't blow your life apart because waiting is difficult and waiting is tempting. Can you tell somebody waiting is tempting? And waiting is difficult. You can easily leave your job and say it's not paying and jump into a plane and go to Europe and go and waste all your life and come back with nothing. So we need to believe God and see how we'll be able to wait so God's word for us will come to pass. Waiting is difficult, but God finally shows up for those who wait. Can you tell somebody, waiting is difficult, but God finally shows up for those who wait. Can you tell another person, waiting is difficult, but God finally shows up for those who wait. Those who wait, God shows up. It is tough to wait. It is tough to wait. It is tough to wait. Depending on what you are waiting for, you have been married for 10 years in our culture and there's no child coming and you are waiting in laws are asking questions. Sometimes you come to church, a Christian sister, sometimes out of innocence and sometimes out of malice. Some may ask out of malice, some may ask out of innocence and then pressure begins to build. Me too, I've asked people, why are you not getting pregnant? He said, Pastor, we are fulfilling all righteousness. Yet the baby is not coming. At those moments, it's tougher to wait, especially when you see your biological clock also speeding and overtaking. Or your biological clock is in the overdrive. It's not easy to wait. It's easy for a 21-year-old woman to wait for a child. Because she knows she has up to 30, she has up to 40. But it's, it's very difficult for a 35-year woman who has been married to wait for extra five years. Do you understand it? Yeah. So one of them need extra grace and extra strength to be able to wield, especially when all other things are causing stress. Your system is not flowing uh, the way it should flow. But I pray that God will help us. 
So what does it mean to wait patiently, number one? It means to stay or rest in expectation till the arrival of something. What does it mean to wait patiently? We said it means to stay or rest in expectation till the arrival of something. It also means to calmly rest in expectation without quitting. To calmly rest in expectation without quitting. Number three, it means holding on calmly to God's promises without giving up. Holding on calmly, calmly without giving up. And there was one God gave me this, John. I was so happy. He said to be actively doing what is necessary to bring to pass an expected time. To be actively doing what is necessary. You are farming. You are working hard. You are doing what you must do. But the results is not coming. But you continue to do it because you know someday the results will show up. I pray that you wait for your promise. Are you in church? I say I pray that you wait for your promise. I pray that you wait for the prayers. I pray you wait for your promotion. You wait for the actualization of your dream or vision. I pray that you wait. If you're here and you are sick and you are believing God for healing, I pray that you wait for your healing to come. Oh, your amen is so weak. Yeah. I've been praying for a couple some years back and they have done everything. They were not getting a child. Then somebody suggested to them that go to a certain juju home somewhere I will not mention and then you can get a child. So they ignored me, hide it, and then went to look for a child from that place. And the baby was born a boy. And unfortunately, they called the boy Sammy. The stubbornness of the boy was so abnormal that one day their mother came to say, Pastor, I want to confess you. Alright? Shortcut can get you some results, but you made the journey extra longer. And that is why it's safer and better you go at the pace of God because every good and every perfect thing comes from above. Are we in church? So waiting is part of the processes God will take us through to get us what he has promised us. I'll tell you something God told me this morning. There's a reason for every waiting. Sometimes you think you are ready, you are not. I'm telling you. It's not all the time you think you need something that you actually need it. Sometimes, what you are asking for, you have challenges with your behavior that will drive that in a way. And so, God uses the waiting period to do the body works on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to work on your heart, to work on your emotions, to mature you. <laughs> so, everything does not get you angry. Everything has not broken you down. You want to be a pastor? God must take you through some things. Because here the seat is hot. So if everything gets you angry, everything breaks you down, the ministry is not the place. You can be a chef in a hotel. <laughs> so God uses the waiting period to build something in you. I will advise you, don't waste your waiting period. Allow God to build in you whatever he's building. He may not tell you. For all you know, he's building you a certain virtue that will sustain you someday to come. Are we in church? Tell somebody, don't waste your waiting period. Because God uses it. So Abraham waited for 25 years. I've just been wondering how Abraham was able to manage. But Romans chapter 4 gives us the answers after being promised a child. Abraham waited already for 75 years. And waited for 25 years. How many of us can wait? And will not go somewhere to go and help ourselves. 
Isaac waited for 20 years. Somebody said, Pastor, me, I've waited. Ah, I'm not getting. I'll look for somebody's husband so me, I can help myself. Look, you cannot help God. You can't help God, Abi. Wait for yours to come. If God says, I won't give you, don't have it. I said something very interesting and dangerous. Anything God doesn't want to give you, don't go for it. Come to a place where you believe. That's on your cry. Come to that. We call it trust. You get yourself. Even if God will not give me, then I don't need it. Are you in church? Yeah. We call it maturity. Say, if God will not give me money, I will not be seeking through for money. If God will not bless me, I will not go after anybody's husband. If God can't give me my own, then I cannot have any. Because every good and perfect thing comes from above. The Bible says, what do we have that we did not receive? If God says, I won't give you, so be it. Can we do that? Alright, if we can do that, then there's no need sacrificing anybody or sacrificing anything for anything. I was listening to a certain guy uh, recently. He said, Pastor, there's something going on. And he was bold to say it. We belong to a court group. And what they do, they use the semen of a man to make money. In Ghana. So they have, they have contrast with prostitutes. So when you go to the go to a shower line, I pray today will be the last time you won't go there again. So when you go and do your thing with them, the lady sees the condoms and then they sell it to them. Very expensive. I said, really? So yes, pastor. So now the sex is cheaper. You can have them for 50 CDs. But we can use your condom and the ladies get her 4,000 out of it. In Ghana here. Why are, we, why are you not in Ghana? What to make somebody? What, and yesterday I saw a woman saying that prostitution is one of the best professions. So I read it and I said, Father, forgive her. She doesn't know what she's doing. Prostitution is one of the best professions. Really? What are you looking for so much in life? That strange men come to sleep with you at night about 10, 12. What are you looking for? And they say it's the best profession. When you see people talking like this, their conscience is dead. They are existing, but they are not living. All right? I pray you wait for your time. Tell somebody, wait for your time. Wear one shoe for some time. Do one style of hair for some time. If that's what you can afford, wait for your time. So Isaac waited for 20 years. I was looking at me and said, David, Jesse, brother David waited for 13 years. Joseph waited for 13 years. Jesus waited for 30 years to see what the brother had promised him. Tell somebody, wait for your promise. Wait for God to answer your prayers. Wait for your reward. Just wait. You don't have to kill anybody to get anything. Just wait. Just wait for your time. God knows you are waiting and you honor the waiting. Oh, you are not in church. I said, wait for your time. God knows you are waiting and he will honor your waiting. Can I say that again? Wait for your time. Wait for your promise. God knows you are waiting and he will honor the waiting. There are people who shortcut their destiny. Example is Saul. I won't go into that. Who shortcut his destiny. Uh, Samuel has said, wait. First Samuel chapter 13 from verse 8 to 14. He said, wait, I will come. Saul waited for some time. And decided to help him. And that was the end of his kingdom. In Genesis chapter 16, we also see 
Sarah and Abraham, after the promise, they had waited for, I think, 15 years into the promise. The Bible said, one day Sarah gathered herself and said, Abraham, my husband, he said, yes, my wife, I'm giving you my maid. Sleep with her so you can get me babies. The culture then did not frown on it. Culturally speaking, they were right. But religiously speaking, they were wrong. And if you read the story, the whole problem of this world was that one decision. Studied the global events and you can tell that if Sarah had just waited a little more, we will not have some of the challenges that we are having today because of disobedience. So let's come to home quickly. How do you wait or how do you handle the waiting period? That's I'm waiting. I am just waiting. Number one, be patient with God and his promises. You are waiting for something. You are doing what you must do. Be patient with God. Don't follow people and truncate the process. Be patient. God is up to something. Give yourself time. Give God time. Give yourself time. Give God time. Wait for the manifestation. Patiently wait. Wait for your promotion. Wait for the prayers you are praying. Allow Zachariah and his wife. Luke chapter 1. They waited and waited and waited and waited and waited until they had grown before God came. There's so much controversy as to what age exactly they were. Some say one was 88, the other was 99. Others have said one was 70, the other was 77, depending on what it is. But they waited. Number two, avoid people who put you under too much pressure. They are friends that don't visit again. Because anytime I go to them, their language is just one side. And so I don't want that pressure. There are places you must quit going because they drive you crazy. There are people you must stop listening to because if you follow what they keep saying, you do what you must not do. Alright, so avoid certain pressures. Avoid certain pressures. Pressures coming from certain people. So I don't go to some people again because anytime I go there, you go and talk about one thing, they say something else. You talk about this thing, they say something else. They are just uh, unidirectional. When they see you, all they ask, whether you are working or not, whether you came to them with a, a, an empty tank without fuel in your car, it's not, it doesn't matter. Whether you are sick or not, they don't care. So people like that, I just cut them off. I don't hate them, but I just realized that their trend of language puts me under pressure. Moses messed himself up in Numbers chapter 27 to 13. Because of the pressure of people he was leading. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Go and speak to the rock. Moses went to hit the rock and he missed the promised land. So avoid certain pressures. Certain pressures are good. But certain pressures are negative. So you have to be able to distill which pressures are good. I put people under pressure. If you are my friend, I hate to see you average. So you have to be a reader to keep me company. I cannot be around people who talk the same talk year after year. So I enjoy those who give me concepts. Concepts. Last year I read this book and I learned that. So is that so? I want to be around people because I love those type of people bring me ideas. The world is ruled by ideas. So when you meet people who have ideas, don't play with them. The whole world is ruled by this is somebody's idea. This thing I'm wearing is somebody's idea. So don't play with idea banks around you. So get idea banks and I will advise every husband starting from you. Make your wife an idea bank. Gather books, read. So the day I visit you, I don't want to see Nigerian movie in your hall. Movie watches are excess baggage. Watch and watch and watch and watch and watch and watch and watch from Indian films 
to China films, Navrongo films, films from everywhere. And every day, I came across a research that wealthy people watch television at most 13 minutes a day. And you know what they watch? They follow their markets. Yeah. They follow what is happening in New York, what's happening in Donald Trump and the Chinese president, how will that affect us? You don't see a wealthy man watching movie part one, Zoronto, part one, part two, part three. Kumasi Kufo, part one, part two, part three. No. It's poor people who do that. The poor people can sit and watch it, part one, part two, part, part three, and go for part four. They even go to request for the part four. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Want to do well in life? You don't watch too much things that do not build you up. So, you have to learn how to manage your pressure. So, if you are close to me, sometimes I put you under pressure. Have you read that book? Because when I go closer to those, I look up to that's what they ask. If I go closer to Pastor Kujo, that's what he will ask me. If I have the opportunity of being Dr. Tabel, we want to see your concepts. Because great men are pulled by concepts. What runs your life? The philosophy of your life. What informs the philosophy? Right? So, get people around you who are uncomfortable in mediocrity. When your English is bad, they feel bad. I say, oh, can you improve your language a little? All right? You need those friends. I'll tell you something. Human beings as we are, we love those who make us comfortable. And those who make you comfortable keep you at where you are, but they suffocate your future. Get those who make you uncomfortable in your state, but prepare you for tomorrow. So somebody asks you, why are you befriending that person? It's annoying. The person may make you comfortable, especially if the person talks about your physical features. Mm-hmm. That language doesn't pay bills. If you tell me I'm nice, it doesn't solve a problem. And but naturally, we, we want to hang around those who make us comfortable, but they keep you there for too long. Hang around those who provoke you. I didn't like the way you spoke. Your ideas. This morning I was meditating on something, and the Lord showed me a picture that there are levels in understanding. So I put it on my Facebook. They so said, when you are dealing with people, don't look at their age, their size and gender. Look at the size of the understanding. It is the understanding that determines what you share with them. Oh, this morning, I said, oh, Father, thank you. What will make somebody insult you? Somebody will thank you. It's a level of understanding. Don't be stupid. Somebody will say, oh, thank you. Did I act silly? Someone said, what are you talking about? Do you know where I come from? I'm the firstborn of Kofi Annan. You can't talk to me this way. No understanding. So, grow your understanding. Oedipo has said, a man's resource in life is as a result of his understanding of life. If you see anybody not doing well in life, he doesn't understand how life works. Understanding is what drives you. So, this man has said, oh, I see. So, I have learned it nicely. It's not everything you share with people. Can they handle it? Will they understand it? Wouldn't they misunderstand it that you create a problem? Understanding. Alright? Understanding. Understanding. So there are games you don't play. There are things you don't share. You can say something innocent that can create a permanent problem for you because of understanding. Somebody asked me, have you read that book? I said, no. Why have you not read it? At your level, you should have read it. 
Normally, I would have been angry. That's what I say. Why must I read? He said, any normal person who wants to build a big church has read that book. So when I left the place, immediately, I drove to a bookshop. I need this book. Somebody have been angry. Ah, I came to see a senior. Look at the way he spoke to me. That's where you are where you are. You are not better than your thinking. Your level is your level of thinking. Your appearance is a level of thinking. The game you play is a level of thinking. Understanding. So, empower your wife. I'm giving you a secret. Madam, this man is handsome. If you let him outgrow you, and the gap between you and this man widens, you are in trouble. As he learns, step in. Because normal behavior of man, they will pay attention to those who are following them in knowledge. So you may be a ceremonial wife, but he will not take you anywhere. Because you live in another world, and he lives in another world. <laughs> so steady. When he's reading, read. Mm -hmm. I've met too many sisters who have made this mistake. Pastor, my husband said he was going to school, and I said, Uncle, I'll support him in prayer. Thank God. So while the guy was reading, he was in church. Father, anoint him. Bless him. Make a way for him. Now he's done the SMS, MMC, Masters in Economics. He can't talk in economics. He don't understand. So you talk to a little girl in the office. Who can give him demand and supply analysis? And immediately, loyalty begins to shift from the prayer warrior to the thinking warrior. This is a free one. So pull her along. Don't forget this. Because I didn't preach at the wedding. Just a for you. Pull her along. So the gap does not widen. The moment the gap widens, you will lose somewhere. Because there is nothing like talking to somebody around you who understands, who doesn't understand the world you live in. But maybe I can be a shenable fool. Anything you say is an issue. You get somebody who speaks the language you speak. So pull along. Follow up closely. Very, very important. All right? Uh, so number three, stay in prayer. Don't allow delays and frustration to freeze your spiritual life. Stay in prayer. You have a promise. Stay in prayer. Remind God of the promise. Isaiah 62, 6 to 7. Is that those of us who make mention of the Lord should never give him rest. Isaiah 62, 67. So stay in prayer. He said, I've said what one of the walls of Jerusalem, they shall never hold the epistle no, day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. Verse 7, please, quickly. And give him no rest. So give God no rest until what he promised is done. Give God no rest. And remind him. You promised me a baby. Remind him. Number four, stay in faith. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing that your change is coming. Keep believing that God will make a way. Believe. Abraham against every hope. Believed. Keep believing. Believing that someday we shall also have a house of our own. We are paying rent today, but we shall not pay rent for the rest of our lives. Keep believing that someday we shall drive a better car. Keep believing that someday we shall drive a better car. So I've told you my secret what I do. There are days I go around modding cars. Because God has taught me that faith also comes by seeing. To see what car is. So I have my dream cars. And they keep varying as my revelation vary. When I came to study, my favorite car was a Jaguar. Do you remember? 
Today, I don't see Jaguars in my car again. I may use a Jaguar and give it to my wife to drive to the market. But I'm talking serious cars. Yeah, mommy will drive Jaguar to the market and go and do a highway Jaguar. Range Rover, Vogue. Ah, the type of material she will drives. So the car drives you and the car engages you when you are driving it. Talks to you. You cannot jump a traffic light. The car will tell you you have been silly to rebuke you behind the steer. Yeah. You cannot just drive and just jump a lane without a trafficator light. The car will tell you you have been stupid. And some will vibrate actually. And make you feel like you've driven carelessly. Oh, they are brilliant cars. So you see, because you are believing God for something better. So when I see people's children, I want to play with them. Play with their hair. I will never envy anybody's child because I'll carry a dream of children. Now, if you want to marry and you are envying those who marry, how will you marry? You want to marry. You are fighting for marriage. People's wedding, you frown. You see, Pastor, Pastor Lawrence dating and you are angry. Now, anything you get angry at runs from you. If you're angry at successful people, you'll be poor for the rest of your life. But if you admire couples, you're ready yourself to be a couple. That's how faith is. So you believe God that my story will change. I'll fly someday. Somebody comes to a travel outside the country and is back in church and you are aware. You don't get angry. Hey, stop that nonsense. <laughs> when you see the person, go and shake the person. Hey, Charlie, you are back here. Hi, it's America. Hi, it's Britain. And then you start whetting your appetite. So how is China like? How are the Chinese? How are the Indians? Then when you leave the God, I thank you that I am the next online. Next time when you are coming, don't visit him. Visit me first. I must go before he goes again. We call it faith. So faith is action word. You are believing God. So once in a while, take a trip to Strasaco. Strasaco, go there. Oh, me, I go to places. Oh, to just watch how people are living. Not so that I'll be envious. So I can tighten myself up. And watch how people live. And look at people's swimming pools. I'll never envy. Walk to somebody's hall and say, oh God, I'm waiting for the day that you give me. I enter somebody's bedroom. It's as, almost big as this auditorium. Yeah. And the type of bed he sleeps on will be from this pole to that one. Huge. So ask him, say, who do you and your wife had this? He said, we sleep independently. The day we want to pray, we come together. So you can, I say, so who produces our bed? So we ordered it. So wow. And there's pass in the room. So all of you can crawl with your children and play chakuku in the hall. I'll tell you a story I read recently. It will help you. Don't be sad if you don't give birth early. It has a hidden advantage. It's believed that when people give birth late, the children grow and they are still with grown parents. So at a 70, it doesn't mean delay your marriage. I'm just letting you know. If life was not fair to you, at a 70, you have done so well. Your son is in GSS. It means that they will be with you in your 80s. They are home. Now you give birth early. At a certain age, you and your wife remain in the house. 
with your dogs and your television. Are you aware? Or you are planning for it? The two of you be there. They will go and marry and move on. So both ways have extreme advantages. But those who deliver their children late, the kids are with them. And researchers will tell you, the more you hang around young people, the more stronger you stay. And that's why, see, God's word is so true. In all things, give thanks. It may not make sense, but someday you'll be the person to laugh last. Yeah. So, Ras, Mrs. and Mrs. Okamwe, children have moved on. Some are in India and they have married and they are left alone with their dogs. You, in your old age grade, your children are selling the house with you. So, both have the advantages, but don't drive your life there because Pastor has said so. But if life is not fair to you and you have to give birth in your 45, it is not, doesn't mean it's a waste. The only time it's bad is when you did not save enough. Listen, the wisdom is this. If your childbirth delays, your money should not delay. You should have saved money so that you can live comfortably with the children. You know. But if you have you not married and you are blowing your money by heart and you give birth at age 45 or 50, then school fees can give you hypertension. So spend time in prayer. Spend time in prayer. Don't be angry at God because of your state. There's wisdom for your state. Are you in church? There's a reason behind every reason. God knows what he's up to. Anybody God has blessed and has used, thank God for their crisis. Because the crisis is what birthed them. Anybody God has blessed. Anybody God has used. If you have not suffered a broken heart before, you don't know how to manage hearts. In all things we give that. So keep praying. Tell someone keep praying. I'm almost done here. Keep praying because God will be through. Keep believing. Believing. Believe that the story will change. Number five. Rest in the promises of God. Rest. Stop fretting. Stop worrying. Stop graying. Stop getting angry. Stop getting bitter. Learn how you can take God's promises and make the promises your pillow. And rest on it. Rest in the word. What has kept intention come to is learning how to rest in the believe in me. Her friends whose churches are doing well. Plenty of churches. But when I come back, I said, Look, who are you competing with? God called you alone. The fact that you are ahead of me today may not mean you'll be ahead of me forever. At this season, you may be ahead. What have been the next 10 years? Because assuming every young person in this church start prospering. What will happen? Which will happen? And they start bringing Jaguars to church, Mercedes Benz. You come to protocol meeting, there are eight Range Rovers. You come to choir practice, there are 36 Mercedes Benz. And I'm not talking about ancient Benz. I'm talking about latest, latest technology Benz. Or we have a wedding. And then people are asking, can I give you my car? You have our limousines and Bentley's members are driving. Some of you don't even know what a Bentley is. So all your life, it come to Choco, Teshi come to Choco, Teshi come to Choco. Now, when people in your car who have never sat in a good car before, you see the discomfort, 
They are not comfortable. Oh, life is not fair. What then I push? And then you have to tighten your stomach so everybody can just sing like sardine. Now you sit in a car and relax your stomach. Oh, I went to somebody's house. I'm closing with this. And they served me food. I've never gone for a buffet like that before. The guy could tell I was not comfortable. Because some of the spoons I've not seen them before. I said, Pastor, relax. I said, are you sure? <laughs> then I sat. Then they started with teasers or starters. Trouble in the yard. Where do I pass? So one guy on the test said, can I help you? I said, sure, you can. <laughs> oh, I could have said no. So start knowing life. You may not be there, but you'll be there. And the evidence that you are sure you'll be there is when you start looking for those things. That's the evidence that you believe someday you'll be there. Yeah. So when you see a Rolls Royce, look at it well. Was that a Rolls Royce? Oh, I see. When you see a Bentley, look at it well. Go to chain homes. Go there. Just walk around and see how some Ghanaians live. It will challenge you to begin to save money so you don't waste all your money building your stomach today, doing all the hair today, dressing all the dress today, and then suffocating your future. Have I heard somebody? All right, all right. So begin to look at your life again and believe that this God I serve will be faithful. Oh, I'm telling you. I've watched animal channels. It's one of my favorite channels. And I've been wondering how a cheetah, lion, tiger, puma, leopard, they are all animal-eating animals. And yet there's no day animals run out in the forest. Yesterday I was watching them again. And I was seeing lions going to hunt for them. So I kept asking, where from these antelopes? Crocodiles are eating some. And then the Lord said, there was provision before the arrival. So before you were born, provision was made for your greatness. But God will not give you what you cannot see. Before you were born, I'm telling you, you may be born in a hole. But the hole was not born in you. Yeah. Oh, let's see. I think God has taught me. For every sperm to become a baby, there's a hand in it. Because many sperm go and return. You miss something. If every sperm forms babies, I think every woman in this church would have been carrying a baby. Unless you were a virgin. Am I right? Yes, yeah. So every child that is born, there is a divine provision for the child. The sky is too big. Two birds can't collide. We cannot become great and there will be space for other greatness. Yeah. And these animals are eating. Lions are eating. I was watching anaconda and then the python. Anaconda is the biggest snake on earth. I was looking at the python. I was looking at the Komodo dragon. Komodo dragon is the biggest lizard on earth. And they are all flesh-eating animals. And yet every day, they don't pray. They don't go to church. They don't pay tithe. But the faithfulness of God guarantees them meal. What are you talking? You cannot put your confidence in God 
and be perpetually disgraced. You may be disgraced temporarily because God is teaching you how to walk by faith. But you cannot suffer permanent shame if you have met the Lord your God. I'm telling you. Ah. Everything you have been through or you are still going through is for your good. Oh, I'm telling you. Me, a lover left me. I say boldly. It was when the lover left, then I saw my true state. Many of us are walking borrowed glory. Yeah. When the lover left, that I didn't have anything. And it was good she left. Because God has now taught me to own something for yourself. So my furniture is my furniture. It was painful, but I thank God it happened. I am wiser than my age group. I've gone to preach. I've pastor, how old are you? I said, don't talk about my age. But I'm not as old as you think. Say, but your death, like so. I said, yeah, because I've suffered what grown men suffer. When you suffer what grown men suffer, you walk in the wisdom grown men walk in. Yeah? So I know what broken heart is. So I can give you solution for broken. Actually, no is you. Something you love jumps out of your hands. My goodness. Something you know you love. Hey! And you see it going. And God is telling you, don't worry. He no, no, you keep quiet. You are not a man. When they ask God, are you a man? Have you been loved before? But I thank God it happened. So you can be wiser and not put confidence in anything you have but in God. Let me say this and I close. You can lose anything. Anything can leave you. But don't lose the God that gives everything. Ooh, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Last week, on waiting patiently for your promise. And now look at Acts chapter 3, from verse 1 to 10, and then John chapter 5, 1 to 13. And then, of course, as Hebrews 6, Bible says, after Abraham had patiently waited, he received the promise. I'll make a statement today that waiting has an expiry date. There's a time waiting is over. And this man has sat at the gate. We are told he was born from the mother's womb, a crippled. And every day the parents will carry him there to go and look for money. I believe until the parents were dead and gone because he was over 40 years. And then some way, somehow, relatives will carry him there. And so he has been waiting and waiting until the day he will move out of begging and also be a blessing. Until one day, a lot of Bible historians are confused because this is the term is really that even Jesus entered, but he never ministered to this man. It is when your time is not up, it's as if you are totally abandoned. <laughs> so Jesus was going to the same auditorium, but never touched this man. Maybe it could be his attitude. Maybe because Jesus was working with certain time. Now, when he just supported this scripture to John chapter 5. There was another man there who had been sick for 38 years. And in the man's case, we don't know whether he had been at that clinic for 38 years, but we know his condition was as old as 38 years. And I look at these two stories. In the case of this man, Jesus never touched him. 
But in the case of that man, it was Jesus who touched him. <laughs> the case of this man, Acts chapter 3, it was the apostles of Jesus that touched him. But in the case of that man in John chapter 5, who was by the pool of Bethesda, it was Jesus who touched him. So sometimes your blessing may not come from your pastor's mouth directly. It may come from a guest he hosts. And that is why you as a believer, you don't choose and pick services. Because when your time is up, God can use a goat to minister the season. Are you in church? Yeah. When your time is up, God can use even the choir leader's comment to set you free. When your time is up, it's like an atmosphere. Once you know, you can step into it. It doesn't have to take a pastor. Are you, are you in church at all? That's why if you're a believer, just come to church. You have a responsibility to have a commitment to God that you meet thrice a week. Monday, Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday. And any of these three days, God sends responses to the availables and to those whose times are up. I'll listen to Mrs. Adejumo. I think I told you this story about a sister who had been singing in the choir and then got married. And because of, so they say, marital responsibilities, the sister left the choir. And was managing the husband at home. One year passed, they were not getting a child. Three years, four years, five years, whatever years. They say it was getting alarming. So she began, and if you know this woman, Mrs. Adejimo, a very popular preacher across the globe. She started praying for the sister. What could be the reason why my sister is not getting pregnant? We didn't live a bad life. Then the Lord says, she used to sing for me when she was not married. But after marriage, she has left the singing. And every choir rehearsal day, the angel of the child come to the rehearsals. See how God is. It's not a Ghanaian. So every choir rehearsals days, whether your husband say, pound fufu for me or not, it's not God's business. That is your business. He will send the angel to the very place you by obligation spiritually must be. So she told the sister, tell your husband, which is very important, tell your husband that you want to resume choir practice. And so she told the husband, the husband says, okay, yes, you can go back to choir practice. Exactly three months after resuming, she got pregnant. So you need to know how to play games with God. That's what the point I'm making. So you can follow appointments with God. You can follow appointments with God. You come to church Sunday, you are in church. Because you don't know what time. I will tell you this. If this man were not at that gate, at the time Peter and John entered, he would have died about a, a cripple. If the man by the pool of Bethesda was not there at the time Jesus came, he would have died with a condition. Because if you watch the behavior of Jesus in John chapter 5, he came there and ministered only to that man. Only that man. He ministered to him and walked out of the place. Even though there were other sick people there who in my interpretation, their times were not up to be healed. There were other sick people there. And virtually, I believe they were all in pain. But, listen, God has not respond to tears. Tears makes you feel good. It's good to cry if you have to cry. But God has never responded to tears. So if you make tears a solution, you sit at one place for the rest of your life. But if you feel like crying, I permit you to cry. You can cry. But after crying, what is next after the cry? 
In First Samuel chapter 30, David and his men also wept. And they did not have energy to weep. But after crying, the Bible says, and David decided to inquire of the Lord because the tears will not fix our crisis. He said, Lord, so what is next? What must I do? He said, pursue for you shall surely overtake. So if you have to be in church, be in church. If you have to be at the prayer meeting, be there. Because I'll tell you, missing your timetable is one of the most painful things. Eh? Sometimes you never get it back. You never get it back. There are some opportunities you miss them, it's gone. Forever gone. God will only give you grace to play with plan B. And that is why be, be committed to your timetables with God. If you have to be in church, be in church. So last week, we're looking at the need to wait because these men waited, but a day came when the waiting was over. So your waiting will be over. Oh, your amen today looks serious. I said your amen, your waiting will be over. Your waiting will be over. Someday your story will change. Someday you will eat the food you want to eat. Someday you will stay at where you want to stay. Someday you will not sit in trot trot to work. You will drive to work. This is how God has planned life because there's time for everything and there's time for everybody. Someday you will not pay rent. Rent will be an issue behind you. Oh, are you in church? All right. Someday you too, you can just jump into a car and then drive to anywhere you want to drive. I think I've been in Trotro, I've been in taxi. It's better you have your car. Yeah, it's better you have your car. So they can go to wedding nicely dressed with your makeup not tampered with. You can go to any wedding in your suit and no chair in any Trotro may tear a portion of your trouser or nothing. So someday the waiting will be over. You are not in church. I said, someday your waiting will be what? Someday your waiting will be what? Tell somebody that someday the waiting will be over. Because God will visit someday. Someday our time will be up. When God will make a way for us. Are you in church? So he said a promise can mean a prophecy. It can be a dream. It can be a vision. It can be a reward for some act of kindness. It can be a blessing. And last week I said, you cannot do business with God if you are in a hurry. You cannot do business with God if you want everything to go shabu, 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 shabu. You cannot do business with God. If you want to do business with God, you must necessarily grow a heart of patience. Now, in First Samuel chapter 13, something happened I want to draw your attention to. And if we don't get anything else, we can close. First Samuel chapter 13, something happened to a certain man called Saul that I want to draw your attention to from verse number 8, please. Let's look at 8. Verse 8. Okay, so, alright. Um, so, let's look at it from maybe from verse 4, thereabouts, so that we can get the context right. From verse 4. Now, all Israel had, he said that Saul had attacked the garrison of the Philistines and that Israel also become, had also become an abomination to the Philistines. And the people were called together to Saul at Gilgal. Then the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel. Please look at this contest. 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen. And people as the sand, which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and encamped in mixed marsh to the east of Beth Aven. Verse 7. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, 
Then the people hid in caves, in tickets, in rocks, in holes, and in pits. Verse 7. And some of the Hebrews crossed over to the Jordan, to the land of God and Gilead. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling because danger was coming. Then he waited seven days. Then he did what? According to the time set by Samuel. So the Lord has given you a prophecy. I'll bless you. You will marry. You will have children. You will live in Afghanistan and all those nice words. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And the people were scattered from him. So the prophet has prophesied that I'll come to be with you and offer a sacrifice to God before you go to the battle. And Samuel or Saul had waited and waited. In fact, we are told that the day Samuel promised, he waited up to that day. And within a certain time of that day, he decided to help himself. So Saul said, bring me a burnt offering and a peace offering here to me. And he offered burnt offering. Now it happened. As soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came. Now it happened. He had a prophecy that as soon as he had decided to help himself, leaving God out, God appeared. Now look at it. Uh, this is a very sad scripture. And Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? And then Saul said, please look at it. When I saw that the people were scattered from me, and when I saw that my age was growing and no man was coming, and that you did not come within the days appointed. When I saw that I was growing. And I saw that all my friends are driving nice cars. So I decided to do Sakawa. Or I saw that everybody around me now live at Trasako or something. So I decided to also go through some place to get to the Damascus. Now look at it. He said, I saw. When I saw that the people were scattered from me. And that you did not come within the days appointed. And that the Philistines gathered together against us. Then I said, the Philistines will come and now come down on me at Gilbal and have not made a supplication to the Lord. Oh, I love this man. He's sad. Therefore, I felt compelled. The situation around me pushed me. But I don't even have money to pay my children's school fees. And somebody's husband is knocking on my door. I felt compelled. I didn't want to do it. But there was pressure to do it. Oh, Jesus. And I thought God would have said, okay, if it is pressure, then no problem. I thought God would have said so. He said, then someone said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. Now look at the verdict. For now, the Lord your God would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. God would have made you a king. So even when you die, your children will reign in your place. But because you jump ahead of God, but now your kingdom shall not continue. Hey, the Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. I felt compelled. Sometimes you have a case to do what you want to do. But it can derail your destiny forever. And one mistake of yours. Many of us are suffering because of the mistake of our fathers. Uh, am I right? Yeah. The one mistake your father made. 
And the product of the mistake is your birth. And you have to factually, because we are supposed to start life from the shoulders of our fathers. So that by the time we are coming from, to our grave, our children will start life from our shoulders. So in the family, there's progress. But our parents could not wait. Either they couldn't manage their appetites well, or they couldn't manage themselves well, eventually jump ahead, truncated the processes of God, and today we are the outcome. Why should I be the one to build a house? The Bible says, a good man leaves an inheritance, so I should start life from my father's house, and my children to start their lives from my house. But today, many of us, we have to struggle to build in Accra, because who laid the foundation for you? Because of this. I felt compelled. When pressure is coming on you to be stupid, remember this scripture. God will forgive you by the consequences will be with you for the rest of your life. I felt compelled, pastor. My wife was insulting me in the house and I decided to teach her a lesson, a masculine lesson. So I slapped her. And I've met men who slapped their wives. They fell down and died. In fact, I read about a man whose wife came from an all night. He said the woman had been going for a child is on jail all night called Ogusuko. And the man took a gun. I'm talking a story that happened in Sam and gunned her down. And later said, Ye, what have I done? Because it's vengeance is of God. God will come at the right time. There could be something he's doing around your wife. You don't do. listen to me. Let me say this. The person you are married is not your property. It's God's property. If you don't get this right, so you don't even determine how the person should live. I'll tell you this. You cannot tell me to be who you want me to be. God made me who I am to be what he has for me. I fit my assignment. If you don't fit into my assignment, leave me alone. The danger of forcing people pray that they should become what you want. The person is not your property. And men, listen to me carefully. I'm talking to you. Steady a woman. If you think you cannot be with her, let her be. But you don't force her to change and become a puddle. Or a, a baby before you be playing with. Don't go to church. Don't do this. You don't have that right. Listen. So if you pray around it, God will not answer. And in your attempt to force your wife to change, you may end up abusing her. Vengeance is God's. He said, leave it in my hands and I will pay. Am I here? Alright. So when you are under pressure, you are under any pressure, please, before you act, think about this scripture. He said, now your kingdom would have extended forever. But because of your foolish act, oh, I was so somewhere crying over this man. And then God went, why are you crying over the man of rich? Oh, I said, God, this one should have been merciful a little. Because the human being was crying. Oh, this man, what has he done that you can treat him like this? His decision, or his, his, the basis for the decision was accurate. The enemies of God were coming. You said you will come, but you are delayed. So let me offer sacrifice to you, the same God. So that we can go to battle and preserve your integrity. So I didn't send you. I didn't send you. You are not a priest. You are not a prophet. How do you offer sacrifice? So when you are under pressure, because we live in a day of pressure, 
Pressure from family members. Pressure from Christian preachers. Pressure from everywhere. Sometimes we even say this in church to put members under pressure. Why are you at 45 and you don't have a car? I said, Pastor, I would have loved to have a car. But my condition will not make me have a car. Even our pressure from preaching should be managed with wisdom. The pastor's duty is to preach. It is your duty to interpret his preaching with wisdom. Please get this in right. Dr. Tabas says you must go to a place where you can know when God is speaking to a man and know that what he has said is mine or not mine. So it's a big cake I'm sharing. Not every cake will be yours. Know your portion of the cake and apply it. Don't let anybody put you under pressure. Even your wife to go and rent an apartment you don't have or borrow money you cannot pay. And then you put your family into jeopardy or go and credit a car. Your wife is putting you under pressure. We are tired of the trotro. Say, sweetheart, take it easy. There's time for everything. This is our trotro season. Our car season will come. Be patient with me and let's be patient with our God. Don't follow pressure. He said, I was compelled. The situation I found myself in pushed me. Oh, God, under pressure. Oh, Jesus. Pastor, am I looking for a job? The manager wants to sleep with me. Now, I am hot. <laughs> what should I do? I don't know what you must do. Because at your level, you should know what to do. Don't come and ask me a question. You know the answer. Pastor, what should I do? Woman, I don't do not do. I don't have the answer. I'll come to something very important. How we can stand with one another till all of us get into our season. Because if Pastor Darlington is in the wilderness and I am in my season, I should be able to stand with him so his hardship does not push him to do things he must not do. What the church does is this. We are quick to judge people. But we don't find out why they did what they did. We are quick to judge people. See, we judge. The church is a very hypocritical place. We judge. We destroy a lot. But sometimes, can you just understand the circumstances could have helped? They did not. How many times have we not seen people in this church? An offering basket pass, and you can tell somebody by you did not give an offering. What does this suggest? It means the person may not have money. If he doesn't have money for an offering, chances are he may not have money for food. And yet you have money in your wallet. You pull it out, took some out, and gave. And then you watch somebody seated by you who dodged when the basket came. And nothing told you that a brother by you could not give an offering. Probably doesn't even have money to go home. We are quick to judge. To tell them they are selfish. They are wicked. He didn't even give. But sometimes he doesn't even have what to eat. That's the problem in the church. I went to give an offering in a certain church. The service closed at 12 in the night. And I stood at the entrance of the church. You could tell I was worried. Because I had to walk from the church into greater estates. And people were driving past. People were driving past. Nobody stood. I was holding a Bible. Dressing a tie. Wearing suit. Nobody stood and said, Sir, please, can I help you? Which direction are you going? At 12 in the night, everybody drove past. And when the last car left the yard, 
I decided to trek home. I got home almost 2 a.m. So you see, in the same church, because all of us don't graduate at the same time. If you go to any school, we have those in their final year, those behind, that's our churches. There are some of you at your final year, some of us have moved from a certain level. Kenke is not our problem now. Maybe we are looking at something, but somebody, Kenke is now their burden. So can you stand with the one who has Kenke problem? You have graduated to fried rice arena. What are those who are selling Kenke and fish? Can you stand by them and say, I will not allow you to go through what will kill you? That time we don't do it. We are quick to judge. We judge and condemn and call people names. But we don't even know what the people are going through. See, I'm coming to how we can wait. Sometimes you need people by you to wait. Today, people marry in church and they cut all their single friends off. Yeah. They interpret the scripture they don't understand. Leave and cleave. So why not leave for the house? If every living is living, why do you still come to church? So there are things you leave, but there are some people you don't leave them. Because the sister is not married. She was your friend. You kept each other company and you are now married. Stand with her. Because the spirit of loneliness will come at her. Now her friend is married. And we leave them behind and caught a scripture. You shall leave your mother and father and you shall cleave. And then when we isolate them in the church, and if you hear she's praying with somebody's husband, instead of you accepting, oh, maybe I should have been closer. Maybe I should have kept the company to encourage her. She will not have fallen into this. We stand into the church and we judge them. So today, go around this community. There's nobody who doesn't know what Jesus is. They know Jesus, but they hate the worshipers of Jesus. We are the reason they don't want to come to church. They love God, but those who call on this God are so strange. And so hypocritical. They are just me, myself, as a pastor. I feel guilty when I drive past church members and I can't pick them. Do you know why? The community will not have a problem if I carry this lady in my front. But let my members see this woman in my front. They'll forget their poverty. And then make me a topic to be talking about. Because a pastor is carrying a sheep in his front. That's what is happening. So the day I drive past church members and I see my spirit rebuking me. You should have picked her. Say, but Father, what would they say? What would they say? Or they maybe some of them are so bad, they will pick a phone and call their boyfriend. Talk to your girlfriend who of late he's been sitting in pastor's front. She sat in pastor's front only once. But the newsmaker, she put, and then unfortunately, if the brother is also not intelligent and wise, he starts abusing her. Even now, his pastor, you are sleeping with. He doesn't even know where the pastor lives. Pastor only gave her a lift. And because of that, today in the church, you cannot love people. So if you come to church alone, you are alone. People are in church who are dying. They can't tell anybody. I am dying. Something is killing me. Who will I share with? Because a burden shared is a burden eased. See? And they are dying and dying because you can't trust anybody. By the time you finish sending the message to this brother, it is forwarded to other brothers. So a nakedness shared with Pastor Anku becomes a nakedness in the whole department to reveal. So we are all dying in church. That's what today people are committing. Isn't it amazing? I'm reading a story about a pastor. 
5,000 members went to a hotel and drank poison and died. But the church doesn't know that we are also men. He's a pastor, but he's a human being. He was born like you were born. He went to school like you went to school. He also fell for sex like you do. I'm a pastor. That's because God has freezed my feelings. No, no, no. There's blood in me. I'm not iron rod. I'm not cement blocks. I have the same feelings you have. Yeah. Otherwise, how would even the children see our children if we're iron rods? If we can be sincere with each other and just help one another, there will be nobody sad in this church. Am I right? Yeah. If we can stand by one another. You see, if your people standing with you and you're going to crisis, you don't feel it. Because somebody call you, encourage you, oh, today we decide to visit, are you home? And then they bring you rice, like somebody's bachelor's, you are not married. Also, I thought about you, and the motive is pure. They didn't put any pure to anything inside. They just came to bless you. And they bring you rice. Say, we came to spend some time with you. How are you doing? We, and then they clean for you. And they go back. Innocently. But in the church today, we can't do it. We ourselves are holding knives. And, and, and then pickaxes. We are killing ourselves. So it's better unbelievers know your story than Christians. Christians sell stories more than unbelievers. Yeah. Telling you, Christians tell stories more than unbelievers. So every story about church is on Facebook. The stories from mosques hardly appear on Facebook. I've never seen any Muslim attacking a sheikh before or an imam. Every insult comes from our members who attack pastors. We forget that as we attack them and they lose their credibility, the church suffers. So I pray God will give you grace to wait. I say, I pray God will give you grace to wait. And I pray you will stand with somebody. Don't chop all by yourself. Stand with somebody. Help that brother. Help that sister. Somebody wears shoes to check. The shoe is not nice. We name them by their shoes. That guy will shoes sings hallelujah in church. But we have shoes that we are not wearing that we can give out. So let's look at something clearly. Last week we were looking at, I'm done with five minutes, how we can wait for our promise I'll jump to verse number five. You have to learn how to wait to rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. God has a promise for you. Rest in the Lord. The word rest means that no fret. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Just rest. Rest. Number six, learn how you can obey God even as you wait. It's not easy, but learn how you can wait. I, I love Joseph for something. At age 18 or 17 or 19, between 17 and 19, Joseph was when he suffered the temptation of Potiphar's wife. And everybody knows, if you want to have access to a man, have access to his wife. Yeah, women know how to get husbands to give money. And this guy was waiting upon a promise. His dream was still within him. And this woman gave this young man a free scholarship. And out of his hunger and thirst, he said, run away. You will be tested when you are waiting, I'm telling you, oh yes, I have also been through my have people, I have met people. I have met a woman who wanted to build me a church. And I declined the offer. Because you have to come and be sleeping with me. 
and I'll get you a land cruiser. I love land cruisers. And I'll help your church. It passed. Later when I left, I said, ah, Samuel Yankovu, is your head correct? Another one came to me, the same thing. I have a house at, uh, what, at Tamale State, what's the name of the place? Reggie Manuel, I have two houses, I'll give you one. And then the other one will put it on rent for you. And the devil said, it's a good offer. I sat looking at this woman and I said, how will I sleep in a house because I've access with a woman? So anytime I wake up, the sex is on the wall. So I decided to preach. And I was preaching, she looked at my face. I preached powerfully. The Lord be with you. I think time is up. I have another appointment. And I was sacked from the house there. Anybody truly waiting, there'll be pressure on you to shortcut the process. But you have to keep your eyes on what you are looking for. Don't be deceived by anybody's spouse. These are the temptations I have been through. Somebody's wife comes to you to offer herself. My husband is weak. Can you give me a child? I say, Madam, are you correct? I should give you a child and go and give it to your husband. And you pay me how much? How much would you pay me? What do you mean to me? Yeah. I can't. We are all waiting. She's also waiting me too. I'm waiting. So this one I can't. And I've had those offers three times. Yeah. So the women are powerful. So this one I can't. So in your waiting, you'll be tested. That's what I'm saying. But keep your eyes on what God has promised you. Keep your eyes there because you will get there. And don't jump into anything that tomorrow you will regret of. Oh, I was watching a video recently. A preacher in the U.S. was ministering. And a man walked from the back. They thought he was coming to throw money on the altar with a gun. Pam! And killed him. He said, you have been sleeping with my wife. And this is the evidence. I'm saying this to wake somebody up here. Never have an appetite for another man's wife or husband. Never. That appetite will lead you to your grave. What did I say? Never. Never. Yeah, I don't like a brand new product. So products that are noisy use. I don't admire. I'm making it nasty. So I kill that appetite out of your heart. That lady you are running after, a man is using every night. Why do you want to go and use that too? Yeah. Or doorbell man chain. And they are doing everything man and woman do. Why should you be attracted to that woman? Or somebody's husband. You come to ICG's FMT temple. And your favorite boyfriend is somebody's husband. And amazingly, in a certain church, I won't tell you the church. The lady who serves the pastor's wife is almost with the pastor. How will God bless you? Or what blessings are you expecting when you know? 
you know that this thing I'm doing, you see, I preach like this one day, somebody came to me and said, Pastor, if you continue to preach like this, we will not build a church. I said, why? He said, look, the women must go to town and bring cash. But the way you are going, the lady came to tell me this in my office. That's what I see. Send your own boy where do you find? Pastor, because he can send them to go and bring their money. So I said, no, madam. I cannot, and I know pastors are doing it. Who encourage girls to go into rich men to bring money. You have no idea what people are doing in the ministry. You have no idea. How can I gather my own daughters and tell them when Muslims come to chase them, they should agree? Why would not? Yes, Alhaji has money. Alhaji can give me a Mercedes man to drive. But sister, bring the car, but don't open your legs. Ah, we can sell the car to build the church. Carry the jibre. Eh? Can you tell the person who bring the car? But don't go there. Because I have taken offerings on this altar from wives who are crying. So Gabi Jimmy Kunu. Pastor Bompai Mami, and they brought the offering. And I said, Father, I sent pepper into the girl's eyes. I sent no poor after them. Send pepper after them. Send no poor after them. They must say, Amen. Amen. And you may radium promise, said Madame Melopua Betchium. So wait patiently for your time. Number seven, I'm done. Walk in expectation. Every day expect something from God. Walk in expectation knowing that God has something for me. That God has something for me. I will not serve God all my life and I will not get anything out of it. God has a package for me. God has a surprise for me. I don't know when the surprise will come, but I know there's a surprise coming in my direction. Walk in expectation every day. And I'll tell you this. Don't envy anybody. I don't envy anybody. Oh, I thank God for your life. I thank God for the car you drive. But I will not kill myself because of your car. Thank God for your life. I'm happy. I wish I had what you have. But I won't be jealous. I'll keep, I will wait. I will tell my heart. Train ready. Tell your heart. Wait. Wait for God. Wait for God. Tell your heart. Wait for God. Anytime you are under pressure, wait for somebody telling you, let's do kululu, let's do something, something and get money. Tell your heart, no, I will not be a arm robber. I will not be an arm robber. Do the arm robbers sit in our churches? And they are calculating when you are moving. I will not be an arm robber. I will wait upon God. I will wait upon God. A policeman stops you and slaps you. Bram! Don't, don't slap back. Tell your heart, I'll wait upon the Lord. Are you in church? I said, what? Tell your heart, I'll do what? The brother who gunned and the police officers, we are told the police slapped him. Pam! Pam! He should have told his heart, vengeance is God's. I'll wait upon the Lord. Because you could have gotten them to their authorities and there's a way they can be reprimanded. See? Then jump into a car, and then open fire on them. Yesterday he said, the first statement I gave is not correct. Oh, don't, don't find yourself there. When you don't allow God and you jump with anger and stab somebody to death, 
and after minutes realize I ratting That's it. You are doomed. So when you are waiting, be in control of your heart. People come and tell you things. Let's use this method. Let's do that one. You will hear them. And so that the devil tell you, that guy got that money. That guy got this money. This one went Sakawa and got the money. Hey, guard your heart. All those who have done Sakawa, their end is so bad. The way they die. You don't want to die that type of die. So guard your heart. Tell yourself, I'll wait upon the Lord. It's difficult with one pant. It's difficult when my hair is smelling. I don't have money. But God, I'll prefer to have a testimony than to truncate the process. And sometimes everybody around you is getting blessed. Everybody around you is getting blessed. Even the unholy ones are getting blessed. And you be thinking, oh God, what should I do? But I said, don't fret at the prosperity of the wicked. Eh? Don't fret at the prosperity of the wicked. Don't fret means entity and because of what somebody has. Thank God for their lives. It's not so. God time it. So you have to control your if you can control your heart. If you can govern your heart with steel and tell and say, I will not do this. Look, I've been tempted to steal. I'm telling you, hey, I work in a shop in England, eh? And the host, I was the last security officer. And they have these monies locked up in pounds. So one day, and I'm supposed to be security officer over this money. I look at the money, eh? Then I took a pen and calculated in Ghana cities. So I carry it because I worked till the day I had to leave. So I carry it, run from Guildford to England, carry my bag straight to Ghana. And the devil was telling me it would be a good idea. And when you come, you know, especially when somebody has offended you and you want to show the person, by that time, somebody had taken his car from me and I'm looking for an opportunity to hit back. So carry this money. Thousands of pounds. You may drive a land cruiser for maybe three weeks. Interpol will give you an international disgrace. So the one you want to pay back will laugh at you twice. And the wisdom is this. Don't let anybody laugh at you two times. See? So I told myself, even when I was leaving the room, I tell, look at the money again. Carry some. The devil always comes to tell you, carry some. So, mm -mm. If I carry this one and this British police come to Ghana here, they're looking for a certain man who came to do security work. Yes, can you imagine? A pastor doing security work, which is already bad, and the pastor has stolen also money from a shop, which is second bad. Then they come and call Dr. Tabel, one of your pastors has stolen money. He said, which one? <laughs> we, we don't have a thief as a pastor. We just have stolen money. And then the very people you want to pay back now look at you and say, Yanyano. Oh my God. And then they laugh at you again. That laughter is dangerous than the first one. When you, you get trapped into their expectation. Look, as you sit here, somebody is expecting that something very useless will happen to you. You have no idea. Oh, be fear say worry, be go. Be fear question. I worry be good. Be fear question. Be nyem nor yasreo. Yeah, this is life. Someone is waiting that you will drop dead in the state you are. Don't give them that chance. What did I say? Don't give them. They have laughed at me once is enough. The next laughter will be mine to laugh. And that will be the bigger one. They will rather hear good news about my come. So I'm any here. Hold your heart. Hold your heart. 
You have to pay fees. And somebody's husband is worrying you. Come and tell me. Pastor, a certain man is really troubling me. I have to pay my fees. We will mobilize money to help you. You are looking for your rent. I'm not saying we have money. But we will struggle. You have to pay your rent. And somebody's husband is saying that. I haven't taken to Trasago. That the person will be at come to, to God's glory. It's better me come to, to God's glory. Than to carry a curse to Trasago. Because whether you are in Trasago or not, curse doesn't know Trasago. It will come there. Alright? So come to us, Pastor. My rent. A certain man wants to help me. But he's demanding the God's apple. Say, no, come to us. We'll give you a little. This is how Christianity is supposed to be. So a brother does not fall into destruction before other, because other Christians looked on and pretended they did not have when they had. God will judge all of us. Stand to our feet. Lift up your hands. Let's talk to God briefly. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Lift up your hands. Oh, your time will come. Tell somebody your time will come. Stop worrying yourself. Pastor didn't used to wear suit. I used to wear John Green trousers with a red boot, with a red belt. That was hook in front. But when your time comes, suit is not a bed in the game. When your time comes, what used to make you cry? This time will be so much. Look, I was talking to a rich friend of mine. He said, Pastor, I'm praying that my wife will travel. I said, Why? Oh, I said, oh, my I said, oh, my I said, How? He said, So, what you are praying for others? I said, Now God has overblessed them and they want some space. God will bless you. I said, God will by all means bless you. I said, Our God will bless you. God will shock you. Tell somebody, God will shock you. You will drive that car. You will get married. You will get that wedding. That baby will come. Oh, God will bless you. What are you talking? God will bless you. Lift up your hand and talk to God. Talk to him and say, God, I am convinced you will bless me. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Let's pray for some minutes. Lift up your voice. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Lift up your voice. Talk to him and say, God, I have confidence. There's a song like that. Eh? I have confidence in you. I have confidence in you. I have confidence in you. I have confidence in God. I have confidence in God. I will not be laughing for the rest of my life. I will not be miserable for the rest of my life. There will be a day when God will make a way. There will be a day when it shall be my day. When God will make a way. There will be a day that the tears are dry. For weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning.